0: Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up do something about it. Grab a pen and jot down this special number. Call 800-919-8536. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for much less money. Call 800-919-8536. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99. Best of all, there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you want when you watch it, record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials, and watch local channels, too. At just 19 what are you waiting for? Call 800-919-8536. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut cost and get more. Call today, 800-919-8536. That's 800-919-8536. Again, 800-919-8536. <laughs>
1: a Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Morse speaks.
2: And good afternoon. It is I, Chuck Morse, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon, Eastern Standard Time here at the USA Radio Networks. You're welcome to join the program, 919-896-8198. 919-896-8198. My guest of this segment is author Michael Shermer. He is the author of um, The Moral Arc, How Science and Reason Lead Humanity to a Truth, Justice, and Freedom. Previously the author of uh, Why People Believe Weird Things, The Believing Brain, and eight other books on the evolution of human beliefs and behavior. Michael, thanks for joining me this afternoon.
3: Oh, good morning, and uh, you're welcome. Thanks
2: for having me. My, you know, it's a, it's an interesting book. There, I, I tend to agree with um, the, you know, certainly things you say both at the beginning and the end of the book. In that, I I agree with you that we seem to be living in times that are more moral than than at any time in history, and I also like uh, some of your conclusions with regard to um, an advocacy of what's been euphemistically called localism. That is like sort of a world of mayors. Uh, local yes. government with a weaker, weaker national government, which is something that uh, the concept of subsidiarity, which of course was developed, but uh, in modern times by the Catholic Church. Um, but I find that there are two things missing in the book, and the first one is God. Where is God in your in your thinking about uh, where is
3: God? Well, <laughs> the,
2: the the development of morality.
3: Right. Well, first of all, um, I don't think there is a God, and but even if even if there is, uh, the moral principles that, uh, that you and I cherish so much, liberty and autonomy, rights, civil rights, uh, these sorts of things were all developed in the uh, late 18th century by Enlightenment thinkers, philosophers, scientists, looking to find ways to solve social problems and build a better society. And that was quite irrespective of religion. Uh, including the freedom to believe whatever you want about religion. So, uh, while I wouldn't describe my book as an atheist book by any means, I'm just saying that uh, whether there's a God or not, these are moral principles that stand. And you're probably familiar with the Euthyphro problem that Plato developed in you know in, in the 5th century B.C., that um, if moral principles are sound uh, only because God said so, then... You know who's to say what what he said, and if, if they're sound anyway, the ones that God told us about, say the Ten Commandments, shouldn't shouldn't they stand on their own, whether God approves of them or not, or told us about us told told us about them or not? So either way, the moral principles stand uh, w- w- regardless of your religious beliefs, if you're Jew, Catholic, you know, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. Uh, I I'm arguing that these moral principles. That I discuss in the book are sound and true, regardless.
2: But where did they derive? I mean, I guess the other aspect that I I have some problem with in your book, and it's very interesting, and I certainly admire the research, is that you rely, I think, a little too heavily on a biological, the biological theory of evolution as it would apply to human behavior and uh, the development of morality. Putting aside the science of the theory of breeding, which was darwin's theory, I mean that 's another subject for another day let 's assume for the sake of argument that it 's true nevertheless the the idea that such a biological theory would apply to the development of moral principles of reason I, I think that that at best would be a young science, something that that really awaits a good deal more uh, empirical proof
3: um, well i I would agree, and that my book is one of those. Uh, uh things pushing it forward um that is to say i'm, I'm arguing that uh, we evolved a propensity to be a moral species that is we're a social primate species we have to get along with our fellow group members there has to be ways of solving conflicts and resolving disputes uh amongst members of a group and uh, so i'm saying that we we evolved these moral emotions the sense of guilt uh about you know violating a, a social contract or an agreement and jealousy or anger, ve- revenge and vengefulness. Uh, you know, These, these are particularly the, that last one. I mean, um, we all know that part of our nature, and, and Christians believe this as well, so you could argue that God used these mechanisms of evolution to, to put a moral sense in us. Indeed, some people do argue this, um, that uh, we have a dark side, a sinful side. That is, we know that there are people... All of us who tend to be a tiny bit selfish uh, sometimes, maybe maybe we should be slightly more generous. So um, we have these emotions like anger to strike back at people who will take advantage of us. Um, you can't just be completely Gandhi esque and turn the other cheek constantly, or you'll just be taken advantage of. You have to you have to fight back. You have to strike back. You have to. Put down evildoers and 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 bullies and, and and free riders and people that want to cheat the system. You, you can't just let them do it. Uh, so we have these emotions that that feel a sense of fairness and justice. And when there's a, when you're wrong, uh, we we all have felt that deep hot burning anger inside. Like that is not right. I don't like that one bit that you're doing this to me. Uh, that's that's normal. Um, so. The the point of a civil society is to structure it in a way to incentivize people to keep those emotions in check and to keep people from from bullying and free riding. That's the whole point of having a society based on the rule of law, like Justicia, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Roman goddess of justice. You know, she's got a blindfold and a scale for fairness and balance, but she also has a sword to apply the rules to everybody, and they have to be and they have to be applied firmly immediately, uh, because we all know people will cheat the system, and it's it's not, in my argument, it's not that there are a few evildoers in the world, and the rest of us are good. It's that all of us have a sinful side, a dark side, a side that can turn too dark, and therefore we have to keep it in check. Now, religion has been a force for this over many, many thousands of years, and what I'm arguing in the moral arc, what's really bent the arc even more in the last couple centuries, as Dr. King pointed out. It rights. The whole idea of that we have rights and the rights have to be enforced by the rule of law. You need a strong government and a strong judicial system and a strong police force and a strong military to protect uh, our freedoms from people that want to take them away. So I think, I really mm-hmm. think conservatives will like my arguments in the moral arc that, that hey, this guy's defending the rule of law and, and law and order. I mean, we've got to have it because we have a sinful side. We're, wherever you think this sinful well, side I, comes I mean, from.
2: I mean, I certainly yeah. do agree with that as well. But I think that you're you're missing a major piece when you, you, you know, when you're not looking at the the um the origins of it. And uh, your metaphor of Martin Luther King is a good one. But we should also mention he was a Christian minister, and that his he was. Baptist was a Christian preacher, yeah. movement. He yeah, certainly was. His, his movement was primarily was primarily a Christian movement. It was the and, and by the way, it was based upon a. A Judeo-Christian idea that comes from the Book of Genesis, and that would be the would be in complete op- opposition to Darwinian philosophy, and that is that men and women—and it does say women, by the way—are created in the image of God, which means that therefore we're all equal under God. Now that that is an idea that, uh, if you took take a look at Darwin's idea with the idea of breeding you would have to conclude that man and women are unequal because we're at different levels of the evolutionary chain. Some of us have been bred with superior members of the species, others Ooh. with inferior, on the way toward popping out a new species. But the idea of the whole civil government, which is a great idea, that also, I would argue, in a Western context, certainly... Uh, other, other The other main religions have legitimate versions of it, but in our Judeo-Christian West, that also derives from the Torah. Uh, that comes from uh, the, the separations that are laid out right out of the first line of Genesis. The whole idea, I mean, if you want to take a look at a secular world without God, you can look at the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany. These were secular atheist uh, movements where man decided to create Moral principles based upon, uh, expediency or based upon some, you know, utopian idea that was devoid of an objective, um, decalogue of morals that were out of the reach of man, which of course is what the whole belief in God's all about.
3: Okay. Uh, well, that was, you packed a lot in there, so let me, let me address those one by one. First, um, uh, you created in God's image. I don't see how you derive equality out of that. How, how, why does that's it imply it that from. we're equal?
2: Because if we're every individual, every single human being, which is an image of God, therefore we're all equal. I mean, that's the basis. Okay. That's what that says. It's not even it
3: took, I mean, took 4,000 years before, until the rights revolutions in the late 18th, that's and early right. 19th right, century I agree. to actually I, do something I, about
2: it. I agree. You know, I agree with you on that, Michael, but the point is that the principle was laid out in a world that was unbelieving, and it took thousands of years for man to evolve toward a a more true uh, belief. But the principle was Uh, laid out clearly, and the journey of history has been a move toward a a realization of that by enfranchising individuals.
3: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I think those ideas came from the invention of rights in the late 18th century, but but nevertheless, we can agree to disagree on that, but agree that the arc is bending toward justice. Now uh, Dr. King's influences one of his primary influence he said was Gandhi. you know the idea of of um, you know, nonviolent um, you know, civil protest and so forth right. that and the, the theologians who influenced him were fairly liberal theologians um in any case even though he was a preacher and and certainly his civil rights movement was was very much supported by the black church uh and and other and white protestants and white baptist churches as well uh, but you know it took a long time for religion to get on board with this i mean religions endorsed slavery they endorsed the inequality of women and and, and blacks so forth for a long time and it really took changing the archaic from biblical
2: argument to rights argument. Yeah, well, well, let me just. To get, to, to, wait a minute, Michael. Some, some he, did uh, in the yeah. South. Some did in the South, but in the North, religion endorsed abolition. And uh, William Wilberforce, the great abolitionist of England, was very religious. I don't know if you've s- seen his writing, but <laughs> he derived his oh, entire yeah. movement from his faith.
3: Yes, so, I mean, that's right.
2: Uh, I think that you're singularizing, and, and obviously, religious institutions are made up of people. You know, I mean, the, you know, the, there's, you know, the, the whole journey, in a sense, toward understanding the, the the Latin concept of imago dei, that we're created in the image, that every individual life is unique and that is is equal. That that's, a, as I said, that's an ongoing process. But that is what inspired Martin Luther King. So it also inspired Gandhi. I would a, a, argue, from a Hindu's perspective, he was a spiritual figure.
3: Yes, he certainly was. So, but but look at the language that they used. For making their arguments. At first, they, 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 they argue to change people's minds. The idea that, that blacks should have the same rights as whites. Well, well where does that come from? You know, that, that comes from, I argue, from from religion, Kant and Jefferson and, and, and law, you know, John Locke and the Enlightenment philosophers that said you can't treat people as a means to an end, but their ends in and of themselves that people should be treated equally under the law. Uh, you know, those are ideas that are, that were invented, I argue, in the, in the late 18th century. But in any case, and then Soviet
2: Russia. Invented?
3: Yeah, invented, invented. Yeah, the idea. Invented. Of, of, I think they're inha- right.
2: They're inherent. They're well, I, I, in, would, ar- I would argue. His...
3: I would argue that yeah, they they are they are discovered. So, do you think that morality that, is invented.
2: invented by people? I mean, no. I, mean, I think I this think... is where we have. A, I mean, I think we have to to take a brief break. Michael Shermer is my like guest. The book is "The Moral Art
4: bad credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates or low minimum payments. Before you know it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. It has happened to millions of good people just like you. But here's the good news. Thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and even reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. Call 800 800- 800 now. The call and information are free. Credit Guard has helped over half a million people with their credit card debt. And now we can help you. Call 800-991-6376 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call 800-991-6376. That's 800-991-6376. Again, 800-991-6376.
5: Turn down that radio! If this sounds familiar, you know it's time to address your hearing loss. But custom hearing aids can cost as much as $5,000 each and are not covered by Medicare. The good news is MD Hearing Aid offers medical-grade, FDA-registered hearing aids for savings of up to 90% over traditional hearing aids. MD Hearing Aid was founded by a Chicago surgeon determined to develop a hearing aid that was technologically advanced, simple to use, and most of all, affordable. Call 1-800-485-4408. You'll speak with a trained MD hearing aid professional who will match you with the best hearing aid for your needs. Over 100,000 satisfied customers have already made the call. Call right now for our exclusive 45-day risk-free trial and get free shipping and a year's worth of free batteries, a $50 value, but you have to call right now. Call MD hearing aid at 1-800-485-4408. That's 1-800-485-4408.
6: I'm Chris Waltz. Since taking Andro 400, I have dropped 45 pounds. I'm sleeping better. My knee pain went away. I've had some lower back issues, and I've noticed that that went away. The radio ad says it attacks belly fat. Well, let me tell you it did. I've lost six
5: inches. So, guys, if you'd like to get similar results, try Andro 400, the safe, inexpensive way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 866-546-1955. 866-546-1955.
7: The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you were covered for this... Honey,
1: someone stole my wedding ring! ...when
7: you're really only covered for this...
1: Honey, someone stole my Dakota
8: ring! Oh, well. It was weird anyway.
7: Or how with renter's insurance, you're covered for... Valuables, electronics, bikes, karaoke machines, waffle makers, superhero pajamas... And without it, you're covered for... <whistles> Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers! bum, 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 bum! bum.
9: Did you know by age 50, half of all men have an enlarged prostate? This means more urges to urinate, longer bathroom trips, waking at night to urinate, or issues with sex. If this sounds familiar, call us now, because we're shipping free bottles of Super Beta Prostate to listeners of this station. Super Beta Prostate is a non-prescription formula guaranteed to reduce the symptoms of your enlarged prostate. It's yours free. Pay only shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-391-6916. In clinical trials, the ingredient in Super Beta Prostate was shown to reduce urges to urinate, improve bladder emptying, reduce waking at night to urinate, and improve quality of life. This Super Beta Prostate-free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Don't wait. Just call 1-800-391-6916. That's 1-800-391-6916. Call 1-800-391-6916.
1: Chuck Morse
2: Speaks Thanks so much, and my guest is author Michael Shermer, New York Times best-selling author. The book is The Moral Arc, How Science and Reason Lead Humanity to a Truth, Justice, and Freedom. Michael, many of these late 19th century um, thinkers that, that you refer to are uh, either themselves were religious, or they derived their philosophical ideas from such religious figures as Saint Thomas Aquinas and Saint Augustine and uh, and others. So I think that uh, it's it's rather tricky business to separate them from any sort of religious antecedents.
3: Uh, certainly, that's that's a problematic issue that historians have to be careful about, but. People like Locke and Jefferson, Franklin, uh, who uh, Kant and so on—they weren't religious in any traditional sense. They weren't—I mean—they were kind of deists. The you know, founding fathers of the country were, for the most part, pantheists or deists. They weren't atheists, but they weren't anything like evangelical Christians
2: that we, we think of today. Pantheists? Uh, I've never heard pantheists. I've heard deist. Yeah, de- uh, but de- I mean, right. Washington was a, was a Christian. I mean, and I think Jefferson yeah. was. You're right. He was a deist, but he was very influenced and said many times by biblical principles. He didn't believe in in Jesus as Christ. That's true, but he was a you know he he drew his moral content, and, and you can see many statements that indicate that uh, from from the Bible. And I think I've never heard pantheist. Um, you know, I mean, I I think that uh, they they were not they were deist in that they believed that in a sense. God was no longer an active player on the earth, you know, which is what deism is all about. And that it was, in a sense, their responsibility to derive the Decalogue and and enact it. But they weren't making it up. I mean, they looked to the laws of. of...
3: I mean, if these ideas are sound, uh, you know, how come it took so long for them to, to be pulled out? And why are they not very clear in the Bible? I mean, the Decalogue is not a very good list of moral principles. I mean, the first several... You have just to look have to, to the do Talmud. With, they, they just you, have to do with the relationship with As
2: a Jew, God. I, look to the Talmud and I, look, I look to the Talmud, and I look to the rabbis. I mean, you're right. It's not always clear. There's a lot of mystery. And as far I mean, how about something, you, you how about something in,
3: clear like, Thou shalt not enslave thy fellow man? How come there's something like that in there? Thou shalt not rape women. How come that's not in there? Well,
2: the Bible, I, I would argue, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up, Michael, because I think that's a, often a misconception. I would suggest to you that the uh, the Bible, the five books of Moses in particular, set mankind on the path toward abolishing slavery by putting in rules for how to treat people who, you know, they're called slaves in the Bible. They're not slaves in the sense that we think of them in, you know, communist Russia or Nazi Germany where the entire country is enslaved by an atheist government. They were enslaved in that they were servants of the household who had rights. And, yes, there was slavery. That's what existed in ancient times. It was collectivist times. But the Torah moves man in the direction of abolishing slavery slowly. It doesn't do it overnight. Because slowly. Wasn't the Very slowly.
3: Of man. <laughs>
2: like, no, because like man was not years. ready for that at the time. We Those were collectivist times. I mean, Frederick Engels was right. It was primitive socialism. Man had not yet developed a consciousness. He had not yet developed an understanding of the separateness of the the individual operating a- as a free agent. I mean, these were these are developments, and this is where I come to agree with much of your writing. These are, are modern developments that took millennia to 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 emerge, and I think in today's world, with the computer and with information as it is, the the mind of man and the ability of man is going to expand even more as we get more information and as we understand the nature of the universe and of, of God's creation better. But but this is a this is the true evolutionary process. But it's not a biological evolution; it's a spiritual evolution. It's a character evolution.
3: Well, I would call it a cultural, uh, political, uh, you know, a rights, revolution. Uh, but let me address. But uh, there's a big
2: difference between that and a biological communism. claim of evolution.
3: Oh yes, yes. No, yeah. I'm not. Claim- My argument is not biological in nature. I'm saying that we have a biological sense of. Well, I think of, it does tend care. to
2: be a little bit there.
3: Well, it seems like it, because I write Mm -hmm. about evolution a lot, but, uh, but, but what I'm arguing is that the moral emotions that we have, those evolve. Uh, what, but all the change has come about culturally, politically, socially, economically, and so on. Things like the development of democracy, free trade, free market, uh, you know, those sorts of things were, were purely cultural, political, economic, social, uh, starting in the late 18th century. The shift from instead of moralizing about social problems and locking people up and, and giving them the death penalty and torture and so on, let's, let's instead employ reason and science to try to figure out a way to solve these social problems. How can we reduce crime and homicides and wars and, and uh, theft and things like that, incentivize people to do the right thing? Uh, and, and that's what all these philosophers like Montesquieu and Adam Smith uh, you know, these guys were were creating the sciences that you know what we call the sciences. Yeah.
2: they were both, by the way, strong Christians. We're gonna take another break here tomorrow. Marcus book. Michael Schurber
10: is the author. We'll be right, back. All right. Would you wait several days for your cell phone to fully charge? Would you wait several days to feel the full effect of relief from your nasal congestion? Flow Allergy Relief Nasal Spray could take that long. But if you're congested now and you want powerful relief now, use Afrin No-Drip. Afrin starts working in seconds Uh. and keeps working for 12 hours. So why wait several days to feel the full effect? Uh You can start to get relief in seconds with Afrin. (sighs) Afrin, powerful congestion relief without the wait. Use as directed.
1: Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com.
8: With a Sam's Club membership, you get incredible savings every time you shop. Don't miss out on big savings for a memorable Easter feast. Pick up a flavorful boneless carving ham for just $328 per pound or less. Plus, add a side of delicious green beans with oranges and herb butter for just $3.98 per pound. Top off with 35-count cluster-baked dinner rolls for just $4.98. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better in the club. See club for details.
1: Chuck Morse
2: Speaks. So much. My, my guest is Michael Schirmer, the Royal art. Michael, I, I think it's an incredible statement to say that uh, you know, the age of reason uh, and ethics and morality was suddenly born in the late uh, 18th century. I agree that it certainly reached a full flowering with the establishment of the American Republic in 1776. But there have been other milestones as well. I would argue the conversion of, of Constantine. To Christianity was a was an earth-shattering milestone in history. Um, as far as uh, issues like private ownership, of property, and limited government, those all come from the Bible. I mean, you have to study your. You might do a book on the Old Testament and take a look at the ethics the <laughs> I think it's been done. <laughs> well, yes, well, you, you know, I, you know. Actually, you would. You'd probably write a good one. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, you, you'll see that it was Abraham who it conducted the first purchase of private property when he bought the cave of Machpelah to bury his wife, Sarah. And he did it in very public setting, with a negotiation, and with an X number of, of silver pieces, and everyone witnessing it. The, the, the Torah goes at length describing this. And that piece of property is still there. It's in Hebron. So, you know, this is... But, uh, but, but I don't recall people like
3: Jefferson... I don't recall people like Jefferson citing that as an example of where they get this idea that that of he individual, cited plenty individualism actually. if
2: you, you you might take you might study that as well he did plenty of citing of the bible and uh you know the, the bible was very influential in his thinking i think that uh, that that can't be denied but but let's rather than quibble over the you know the bible versus y- y- the sudden inver- uh, popping out of morality in the 17th century i mean i'll point out that the central principle of the bible is that rights and and morality comes from a source outside of the manipulative powers of man, whether that be whether that source be God, which is what we call it in the West, or whether it be what you might call nature. The point is yeah. that it's beyond it's it's not invented. It's not. I mean, That's that was the right. Marxist Correct. idea that that realities and and moralities are invented by by uh, you know it, as a conspiracy by people who are trying to exploit people that's why they invented religion as a as what he called an opiate to fool people so they could be more easily exploited the the religious idea is that morality exists it's immutable it exists outside of human manipulation
3: <laughs> well I, I agree happen with to that think
2: that that source is a spiritual source you think it just somehow comes out of nothing or you know, we're all just a bunch of bag—a bag of bones, moving around like animals. I no, no. that too. No, no,
3: no—that—that that it's part of our nature. We inherit that as a member of the species. We're born with this capacity to have a sense of right and wrong. We all know what it feels like to be cheated, to ha- to have an injustice imposed on us, and to feel that deep hot burn of anger that that's not right. Uh, that comes from uh, deep within. That's not learned. That's we know from studies with children, uh, infants that I cite in the book, uh, who are, you know, barely six months old to a year old, uh, when shown a a little puppet skit uh, where, you know, one puppet is trying to roll this ball up a ramp, and this other puppet, and he can't quite get it. He's struggling to get this ball up to the top of this ramp. And this other puppet comes over, and there's two scenarios. One, the other puppet helps him. and gets it to the top, and they hug, and they're happy, and so on. Or or in the other scenario, the puppet slams him down, hits him down, and he can't make it. He's the evil puppet. And then, so infants are then given the choice how they would, you know, which one they would like to play with, or which one they would like to uh, you know, be nice to, and so on. And they always picked the nice puppet, the puppet that was helpful. So they have a sense pretty early on, you know, born with that sense, that that's the good puppet, and that other puppet is an evil puppet. So we have a sense of good and evil pretty pretty early on. Also, in my talks, I show this video clip that I talk about in the book from Franz Deval with capuchin monkeys, which are these tiny little, tiny little brain monkeys. And, um, uh, where they're trained to, to exchange a little pebble for a piece of cucumber slice, a piece of food of any kind. And they're normally given a piece of cucumber slice, which they like, uh, but they like grapes better. So in this video clip, these two capucha monkeys are sitting side by side in these two cages, transparent cages. And the one is given, he swaps a stone for, think, oh, sorry, I'll finish the story in a minute. <laughs>
2: okay,
3: thank you, Michael. We got to take a break here. Okay. This part okay, is good <laughs>
11: A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Moore Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Moore speaks, people listen.
2: The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world.
11: To hear Chuck live, go to usaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborray.us. dot us. <laughs>
12: Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer. Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they are true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via his universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, TheAnswer-Book.com.
13: Hi, I'm Joan London. When I needed to find senior care for my mom, I really struggled to find the right fit until I found an advisor, someone who had been through this before. That's why I recommend A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. They have experts who will help you ask the right questions and find the right place. Call A Place for Mom today.
7: To speak with the local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-469-7591. That's 1-800-469-7591.
13: A Place for Mom has helped over 200,000 families find the right senior care for their parents, from assisted living to independent living, even Alzheimer's care, and have local advisors that can help explain your options at no cost to you.
7: To speak with the local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 1 800 469 7591. That's 1 800 469 7591.
13: Call today.
1: Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morris speaks. speaks. Thanks so much, Michael Service, my guest,
2: the Michael, please continue. Michael, are you there? Okay, yes, you I'm here. Michael yep, Sherman yep. Is my guest. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michael.
3: Yep,
2: so I was uh, about, uh I was
3: recounting you, this story about these little monkeys. The context is is that we evolved a moral sense. That is all, you know, social, all sentient beings have a sense of right and wrong when they have a sense of injustice. So these two capucha monkeys have been trained to. Swap little pebbles for food, which is very simple to train him to do. And uh, they're normally given these little slices of cucumber, but the one monkey just got his slice of cucumber, which he ate and liked. Sees that the other monkey gets a grape, and they like grapes more than cucumbers because, you know, who doesn't? And uh, so he sees the other one gets a, a, a grape for his little pebble. So he gets all excited, like, oh boy, I'm going to get a grape. And he runs over and gets the stone, hands it to the experimenter, and he gets a piece of cucumber slice. So he takes a bite of it and he realizes, wait a minute. I just got a cucumber and that other guy got a grape and he sticks his arm out the cage and hurls the piece of cucumber at the experimenter. It's just hilarious. You can find it on, on YouTube if you just type in, capuchin Monkey Cucumber Slice. And, uh, and it's an example of he is angry. He slaps the floor. He rattles the cage, you know, and, and he's, he's clearly upset because that was an injustice. So I'm, cl- I'm claiming that, um, you, you and I are in agreement that we didn't, we don't invent the idea of right and wrong. We have that as part of our nature. Now, you think God gave it to us, but I would simply ask, well, how did God give us that sense? I'm claiming that uh, just just like evolution created our bodies, evolution also created our moral emotions. And uh, if you want to argue that that's how God does it, he uses evolution, just like he uses gravity to create solar systems, you know, that's fine, but that's not, not my position, but no, what, what, that's, what a, that's was, a tenable position. What I would
2: argue, Michael... What I would argue, Michael, is what what Thomas Jefferson argued, which is the rights are immutable, and that they are self-evident. They're not evolved. They're not created. They exist outside of human nature. They they exist in what I would argue is a, a spiritual context, but they're not part of some evolving. I mean, the only the only morality in the theory of evolution was described by um, by Herbert Spencer, and that is survival of the fittest.
3: No, I disagree
2: with that. I'm talking Darwinism here. Spencer was a social Darwinist. Darwin was not a social Darwinist. Darwin was a social Darwinist. He would have rejected that. You have to read the sense of man. it's It's the practice.
12: Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they are true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The Answer Proof of God in Heaven is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book The Answer Proof of God in Heaven now on Amazon.com or at our website theanswer-book.com.
1: Chuck Morse speaks.
2: Thanks so much, Michael Shermer is my guest. The Royal Ark is the book Michael Darwin put in the sixth edition of the uh, Origin of Species the term um, survival of the fittest. And in, in his book, The Descent of Man, he referred to the Australian Aborigine as closer to a a gorilla than man in the stages of evolution. Um, okay, Dr. Darwin, Galton, is... no, was no, close... no, no, no,
3: no. Stop! 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 Darwin was not a social Darwinist. Yeah. He was a, he was an he was a slavery abolitionist. He believed in the equal rights of, of men. He championed the rights of women. Uh, it, but anyway, all that's irrelevant because that's not what Darwinism implies. What Darwinism implies is that we evolved a moral sense. This didn't come about till a century after Darwin. In any case, that is the the evolutionary ethics, the study of where our moral emotions come from. That's that's developed in just the last few decades. It's an area that I work in. And uh, what we, what was shown is that you can't just be selfish. You can't just be survival of the fittest and that's it. Because other sentient beings, other members of your group would simply do the same calculation as you and be super selfish and greedy and aggressive and violent and so on to get what they want. And the whole system would fall apart. There has to be a, a way of being also pro-social, cooperative, altruistic. So we have a a sense of being altruistic, of being pro-social, being cooperative. That's also part of our nature. We're a little bit greedy, but we're also a little bit nice and, and, and generous. We have both senses in us. So the whole point of a civil society is to tilt the incentive structure to be on the good side rather than the dark side. That is, give tax breaks for donating to charities. Uh, give religions tax breaks because they're, they're doing a social good. Uh, you know, those sorts of things are the kinds of things that civil societies develop. By the way, before we run out of time, I want to address the Nazi-communist thing. These these, communism certainly was atheistic. Nazism was not atheistic. They were in bed with the Catholic Church, but uh, and Hitler used religion to his to the extent he needed it politically. But he was Catholic as well.
2: Didn't Stalin? But but, uh, but but he was Catholic. Catholic, like Obama's Christian. I mean, but, you know that's but, but, the, the idea of calling Nazi Stalin Christian. Is because a, I would call Marxism no no no, no wait a, wait a minute a
3: kind of religion. Yeah,
2: uh, you know, the the Nazi movement used religion as a state entity, just like Stalin did. It was uh, taken. It was basically not separate. Which is, of course, the whole idea of separation of church and state is a Christian idea, and a relig- Jewish idea. It comes from the Torah, but. They, used, they turned the religion of, of Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia into an instrument of the state where the priests and the religious figures were paid by and agents of the state. So, I mean, to suggest that they were, you know, they were as anti, almost as anti-Christian in Nazi Germany as they were anti-Jewish. They believed that Judaism was the, in a sense, the font of the problem. And that's because Judaism actually did stand for a more objective form of morality as opposed to the Nazi form, which was, invented morality, and to suggest that today's scientists have suddenly discovered moral principles, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's the height of arrogance. I mean, yes, no, no, you're that's, that's not what 6, I'm arguing. Okay, let's history. Back,
3: back, back up for a second. Okay. What I'm saying is that those two regimes were anti re anti-enlightenment, anti-science. They were they were this blood and soil and race. And, they Marxism to be Mar- scientific. Marxism,
14: scientific
3: Marxism socialism. Is a, Marxism is a kind of religion. It's a faux religion. It's a godless religion. But it's the idea that, that there's a socialism. utopia. We, we, there's an idea that we can achieve this utopia and that we have to destroy the people that are standing in our way. That's anti-enlightenment. That's anti-freedom. That's anti-individuality. So I'm arguing that those were, were steps backwards in the moral arc. Uh, based on the principles that uh, that the founding fathers of this country laid down. Individualism, autonomy, freedom, right. Uh, those were all dispensed with.
2: Well I agree with you on that nations. on that Michael. But they were scientific socialism. I mean that's what they Yeah were no it was a patina of they science were. over a, they were a part deep, deep of the
3: layer of, a deep layer of, of Romanticism and, and blood and soil and race and all these anti enlightenment beliefs you know enlightenment beliefs Not are based all. on the they individual. Were
2: very enlightenment oriented no, no, no they, I mean, it's the they, dark they, side of the Enlightenment. I'll agree with you on that. But, I mean, no. those things, this collectivist idea of race, I mean, these things were, were promoted starting with the French Revolution, and they were very much a part of Marx's ideas, and they all wrapped themselves in the flag of science. So did so Darwin. To, we, should, no, look, we need a distinguish we, between
3: the French Revolution and the American Revolution. Very different uh, entity. The French Revolution. Uh, absolutely different. Yeah, the French Revolution was the, too the violent. The American Revolution it,
2: was conservative.
3: That's right. Yep. Exactly. It sought, so, sought to, do to it.
2: reestablish natural rights that were given, as Jefferson said, by the Creator. Uh, but um, in the Declaration of Independence. But uh, look, I mean, you know, again, we're talking here about uh, just to briefly also go back to um, to Darwinism. Uh, the the whole principle, the, the theory of Darwinism, which is a theory of breeding to shoot out a superior species, a race. And no, 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 no. Stop. Kind of that, that's social, Darwinism. Oh, no, yes,
3: that's it not was. What, that's not what natural selection That was predict. exactly...
2: Go back to your... Go, re, have you read The, uh, the
14: Origin of Species? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> that's not what it says. It gets into
2: it in life. And particularly a second, a second book The Second
14: a man goes work How many more times is he going to need to come home drunk or high? Before you realize that unless he gets professional help, things are never going to get better. How many more times is she going to steal from you to pay for her habit before you finally admit that you need an expert to help you get the treatment she needs to get her life back on track again? At the American Drug Treatment Centers, we specialize in helping you and your loved ones conquer the demons of addiction. Whether it's drugs or alcohol... Our network of centers are ready to help you get the loving treatment your husband, wife, or child needs to get his or her life back. If you've been asking for a sign or a direction on what to do, then consider this ad an act of fate. Call 800-461-3594 today for the real help you need to make real change. Again, 800-461-3594. That's 800-461-3594 800-461-3594 Chuck Morse
2: Speaks Thank you very much, and uh, the book is The World Art, Michael Sherman's my guest. Michael, I admire your book, I tend to keep reading. Uh, Again, the only problem I have with it is that it doesn't, uh, it it edited God out of the picture, sort of like the way Stalin by the way of the picture. And uh, that to me is is actually not good science. Putting aside uh, an accurate depiction of history, and I think you're a little too fast to loose with um, Darwin's theory of breeding and applying it to moral principles. But uh, no, I think I I think it's well. I think it's an unfortunate yep.
3: misunderstanding a lot of people have of Darwin. But anyway, my point in the moral arc, and by the way, thank you for reading it. I appreciate that. Um, is that the arc is bending toward justice, freedom, and truth, and and that, uh, you know, we have, we have something to be proud of. We've done, we've been doing something right for the last couple centuries. And we should do more of that. You know, liberal democracy, free market, uh, individual rights, the, you know, the rights of all people to be treated equally under the law. These are the kinds of things that, you know, we've made a lot of progress on. Gay rights is coming next. Same-sex marriage, you know, this is coming this year. That's another rights revolution. You know, animal rights, sentient beings, people—animals uh, uh, have a right to be treated with with dignity and and not not uh, not made to suffer and so forth. These are ideas that have expanded uh, over the centuries, and I think you know our species should stand up and say, "Hey, we, we've been doing something right. Let's do more of it." And that's what I mean by the moral arc. All
2: right, Michael. Great. Uh, You're listen, welcome. I, re- I want to thank you for joining me. All right. Thank you. Listen, take Bye-bye. care, and, and, and best of luck. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank
3: you for having me. All Bye-bye. right. And we,
2: My pleasure. Take care. Okay. The book is The Moral Arc. Michael Shermer is the author. The book is a New York Times bestseller. The book is available in all major bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, How Science and Reason Lead Humanity Toward Truth, Justice, and Freedom. You can check out my books. Not to get into a plug here, but uh, they're available at Amazon and Amazon Kindle as well. And we shall be back in hour number two with Chris Scott, um, Chris Stone, I mean. And we're going to be talking about the Indiana situation what's going on there, what's true, what's hysteria. What's, uh, we're going to sift through the, um, the events of, of, of that whole imbroglio. I think that that's an attack on private business. We're we'll talk about that in hour number two. Thanks for listening.
10: Did you get a new job last year? Or did you not get a new job because on the way to the interview you remembered you're terrible at interviews so you hired a guy off the internet to do the interview for you and didn't really think it through because he got the job and is now very happy in his new position. Huh. No matter what you went through last year, answering questions like, did you get a new job, is much simpler. Intuit TurboTax. It's amazing what
15: you're capable of. Know what's always on my mind, kid? Safety. I live, eat, and breathe safety. When I wake up in the morning, I have a large cup of safety with two sugars and a dash of safety. Safety matters. Your safety, my safety, everybody's safety. That's why I love Granger. Granger has the products, services, and resources to help keep our facility safe and our people safer. Now pass me one of those safety donuts over there. Call, clickgrangercom slash safety, or stop by. Granger For the ones...
13: Hi, I'm Joan London. When I needed to find senior care for my mom, I really struggled to find the right fit until I found an advisor, someone who had been through this before. That's why I recommend A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. They have experts who will help you ask the right questions and find the right place. Call A Place for Mom today.
7: To speak with the local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-469-7591. That's 1-800-469-7591.
13: A Place for Mom has helped over 200,000 families find the right senior care for their parents, from assisted living to independent living, even Alzheimer's care, and have local advisors that can help explain your options at no cost to you.
7: To speak with the local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 1-800-469-7591. That's 1-800-469-7591.
13: Call today.
1: a Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks.
2: Thanks so much. Shower number two of Chuck Moore Speaks, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon. Eastern Standard Time at the USA Radio Networks. You're welcome to join the program, 919-896-8198, 919-896-8198. There's a lot of news coming out of Indiana right now as the, uh, the state of Indiana and Governor Mike Pence has signed a bill given to him by the state uh, legislature that guarantees religious freedom. Ironically, it's the almost the exact same bill that was signed into law in 1993 on a national level by President Bill Clinton after it had been passed by an overwhelmingly Democratic Congress. And it's a law, as Governor Pence pulled it out, that exists in, in about in over 20 states, and that was signed by then-State Senator Barack Obama in Illinois. So what's the controversy about? To help us discuss it, we're joined by Chris Stone. He's the founder of Faith Driven Consumer, an organization connecting 41 million consumers. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining me this afternoon.
6: Well, thank you for having me. Glad to be here.
2: Chris, this to me comes down to an issue where private businesses are being told by the government what they can create and what they can do. And that if they don't create what the government tells them to create, they can be fined. They could even be imprisoned. What do you see as the issue going on here? Well,
6: the issue is in our country today, certain groups have more favorable status than others. So as a Person of faith, if I, of my own free choice, decide to opt out of participating in a certain event, in this case, uh, often a same sex marriage, if I decide as a florist not to make flowers or as a baker not to make a cake, then I can be brought to court in certain states for uh, discrimination. Uh, At Faith Driven Consumer, we've put forth the idea of universal equality that both groups would have equal protection to participate or uh, to uh, to participate or to um not participate in certain uh events but uh the people the progressive left has decided that that is not acceptable and that everyone has to embrace their point of view and that's really the issue christians are looking simply to have an opportunity to exercise their
2: faith freely. I, exactly how I see it. I mean, first of all, it's uh, if a Christian, or for that matter, anyone has a conscientious objection to performing a certain function, which is a basic, at least has, up until now, has been a basic liberty in America, then that right should be protected. This is not a discrimination. Uh, that's a lie, in that... Uh, you know, like let's take the example of the baker. um the baker offers wedding cakes to the public that's there's nothing they're not telling a gay man or woman that they can't come into their bakery and buy a cake. That would be discrimination, but that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is that the the person who is posing as a gay person they may or may not that's beside the point is going to the baker and telling the baker how they are to make their cake they're ordering them that's no different than going into an art gallery and telling an artist how to paint a picture or going into a um, I don't know going into a doctor's office and telling the doctor how to practice their medicine you know the the goods and the services are offered to the public equally but the goods and the services that are offered that's decided by the proprietor that is proprietary right the, the person doesn't have a right to go in. You don't have a right to go into a restaurant and tell the chef you want to have you know, Chinese food if it's an Italian restaurant. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's very, we're talking very basic here. And I think that's why businesses, in a sense, this is really an agenda by the government to force businesses to buckle under the control of the government, which is going to now tell us what we can create and not create. And and look, I mean, what if you had a baker who was black and you had somebody coming in and they want to have a Klan wedding and they want the baker to create a cake with, you know, Burning Cross and with guys with white hoods and, you know, and nooses on it? I mean, that baker would say, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to create that cake because it runs against my conscience. You can buy another cake or you could go to another place. I'm not telling you what to do. You have a right to come here and buy whatever I offer. But you don't have a right to force me to create something that I don't want to create for whatever reason. And it's that simple. What say you, Chris?
6: Well, that's a very good point. In the scenario that you just outlined, uh, no one in this country would fault that baker from refusing to make that cake. What I think we really have here is as Americans, do we have the right? to not have but to openly express a, a biblically-based Christian view. And it's playing out in this, right. in this particular time, in this particular way. The question is, will we continue to be able to have the same rights that our founding uh, fathers came here for? You know, everyone who came here in the original uh, migration came to experience religious freedom. And now what we're having is where the government is continuing to to say, you may have the freedom to worship within the four walls of your church, but you cannot express that outside because it's offensive or it's discriminatory. And that's really the issue that we're
3: dealing with.
2: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, what they're saying is that religion should be turned into nothing more than a bunch of automatic ceremonies and not have any political, moral, ethical content, when religion does have that. And, of course, when the shoe's on the other foot, they don't mind. They don't mind if the Reverend Jesse Jackson or the Reverend Al Sharpton show up in church on the Sunday before a, a national election and, and give speeches against a Republican. I mean, that's fine. But, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, I mean, the, the religious faith, in, in and in the West, that's Christianity, it looks to the Bible and the Bible is filled with political and moral principles, you know, to tell people that they cannot express that because they're Christians. I mean, that's, that's not what this country is supposed to be about. And, and that's exactly what this is. I think.
6: Well, it's a, it's a very um, special time of year for Christians. It's a time when, uh, Jesus was uh, executed on a cross and when he rose from the dead and Jesus was uh, executed by the Romans and and uh at the request of the, the Jewish leadership because he was controversial because his ideas were dangerous to um the the agenda of the government and the agenda of the government today is to promote uh the not only the rights of the LGBT community But the idea that, or the belief that their ideas are right, and the Christian definition of marriage and the Christian definition of of truth here is um, standing in the way. And I think it's going to stand in the way continually. It's going to be interesting to see how the government responds. As a Christian, I am called to love everybody. So, on that basis, I have no interest. I have, it's, it's contrary to my belief, to discriminate against anybody. Now, the Bible nor the Lord calls upon me to love every idea or every action. Uh, in fact, it's the contrary. So, as a Christian, I don't desire to discriminate against any person. So, to say that this law for religious protection is, by its very nature, discriminatory, is... Um, a violation of the same faith that uh, I'm standing on. So that's it's a ridiculous argument.
2: So the argument really it's lies
6: elsewhere.
2: I mean, it's actually the opposite. It 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 defends against discrimination. It tells Christians that they have a right to to practice their faith. And uh, as far as gays are concerned, it's not interfering in their rights. They can go to a gay baker and make a gay cake. I mean, it's nothing. No one is saying that that they can't. This is there is no it, you know, shortage it, it,
6: of, of bakers willing to make a cake. Certainly,
2: <laughs> of course. And, maybe, and if but, I own a restaurant, on, but, yeah. If
6: I own a restaurant I, and a gay couple I, comes in and orders a cup of coffee, the particular law in Indiana gives me no right to deny them that coffee. That's public accommodation, I mean, that's, which is not protected.
2: And, and, that's right. I mean, that's a civil right. I mean, they, they, they can go into the baker and buy a cake, but they can't make the cake, baker make the cake the way they want it made. That's what this is about. It's not discrimination. They can buy the same cake as anyone else. And if they don't like the fact that the baker won't bake a gay cake, then they can either go elsewhere, or if they really want to be nasty about it, I suppose they can boycott the baker I mean we know that people for example you get these jew haters who are boycotting Israel by you know trying to cut funds from the state of Israel while I de- I think what they're doing is wrong and despicable they have a right to do it and I defend their right to do it that's the free market that's freedom not you know you don't have to you know you don't want to call the state in to tell people that they either have to or that they can't engage in commerce because the state arbitrarily decides that. So, I mean, I think that that's what really is going on here. I think this is an attempt, by demonizing Christians and by claiming that this, not forcing the baker to make a gay cake is somehow discriminating, which it's not, it's the way of the government to get into the business of of, of tinkering with what people do. You know, I mean, the government is now going to decide how you do X, Y, and Z. I mean, isn't there enough government involvement now in business? I mean, do we really want to have the government to come in and force people to create something that is the, one of the last rights we have? I mean, there's an old-fashioned word for that. It's called slavery. You know, that's that's uh, coercion. And, uh, you know, Chuck, again, it, I would it, say to someone... "Yep."
6: Go ahead, uh, Chuck, it's, uh, it's even deeper than that. It's, there's an effort in this country to change uh, our thoughts. To change our belief. And unfortunately for those who are, who are pursuing uh, a new progressive thought, the Christian values, the Christian beliefs, the biblical teachings are in direct opposition in many ways, whether it be the question, uh, the gay question or whether it be abortion or any number of other things, uh, whether it be, uh, euthanizing, uh, the sick or the old. Christian beliefs stand in the way of this progressive thought. And as long as Christian beliefs are in the public square, they cannot change America's beliefs and thoughts. And that's the real question as to how this is going to play out. And as um, a faith-driven consumer who's going to stand on this biblical beliefs, uh, that poses a problem for them. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, if we are continued to allow to, to be to be allowed to express those beliefs openly.
2: Well, you know what I would point out to is that all Americans need to understand that in this case, Christians are standing up for the freedom of all Americans, even gay Americans. I'd point out, by standing up and saying we have a right to practice our faith in our professional lives. We're not discriminating. And that tells you what to do. We're telling you what we want to do. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Chris Johnson, here, Faith Gibbons, and Silver
4: bad credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates or low minimum payments. Before you know it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. It has happened to millions of good people just like you. But here's the good news. Thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and even reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. Call 800 800- 991 6376 now. The call and information are free. Credit Guard has helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Call 800-991-6376 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call 800-991-6376. That's 800-991-6376. Again, 800-991-6376.
9: Did you know by age 50, half of all men have an enlarged prostate? This means more urges to urinate, longer bathroom trips, waking at night to urinate, or issues with sex. If this sounds familiar, call us now, because we're shipping free bottles of Super Beta Prostate to listeners of this station. Super Beta Prostate is a non-prescription formula guaranteed to reduce the symptoms of your enlarged prostate. It's yours free. Pay only shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-391-6916. In clinical trials, the ingredient in Super Beta Prostate was shown to reduce urges to urinate, improve bladder emptying, reduce waking at night to urinate, and improve quality of life. This Super Beta Prostate-free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Don't wait. Just call 1-800-391-6916. That's 1-800-391-6916. Call 1-800-391-6916.
1: Turn down that radio!
5: If this sounds familiar, you know it's time to address your hearing loss. But custom hearing aids can cost as much as $5,000 each and are not covered by Medicare. The good news is MD Hearing Aid offers medical-grade, FDA-registered hearing aids for savings of up to 90% over traditional hearing aids. MD Hearing Aid was founded by a Chicago surgeon determined to develop a hearing aid that was technologically advanced, simple to use, and most of all, affordable. Call 1-800-485-4408. You'll speak with a trained MD hearing aid professional who will match you with the best hearing aid for your needs. Over 100,000 satisfied customers have already made the call. Call right now for our exclusive 45-day risk-free trial and get free shipping and a year's worth of free batteries, a $50 value, but you have to call right now. Call MD hearing aid at 1-800-485-4408. That's 1-800-485-4408. Don't complain about your cable bill going
0: up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pen and jot down this special number. Call 800-919-8536. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for much less money. Call 800-919-8536. Sign up for packages starting as low as 19.99. Best of all, there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch. When you watch it, record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials, and watch local channels, too. At just 19 what are you waiting for? Call 800-919-8536. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut cost and get more. Call today, 800-919-8536. That's 800-919-8536. Again, 800-919-8536.
1: You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks.
2: Thanks so much, Chris Jones, my guest. He is the founder of Faith Driven Consumer. Um, Chris, you know, a lot is at stake in this fight, and I think a lot, and I'm glad to see that um, that so far Governor Mike Pence is standing up and, um, and, and not budging, but yet you've got... Um, uh, you know, the, the sort of the, the liberal establishment trying to push hard against him, uh, I think a lot of well-meaning liberals, people like, for example, um, David Packman, who is a fellow talk show host whom I've have been having a long exchange of emails with, uh, they, they, they say that uh, this is anti-gay, and they say the Christians are the source of anti-gay ideas and legislation. I mean, I have argued to him that that is defamatory it's offensive, it's wrong, and uh, that it's ignorant. The Christians are not anti-gay. To say that you believe that homosexuality is wrong as a practice, that doesn't mean that you're against gay men and women. doesn't mean that you're not ultimately saying that people are going to make their own choices and deal with their own consequences in their life. But uh, he insists that it's anti-gay. What say you?
6: Well, first of all, the legislation uh, is about religious freedom. So it's pro-religious freedom. It's not anti-gay. But if you look at it in a broader sense, beyond just the legislation but the culture, our country is full of diversity. It is a nation that embraces different points of view and different people. And every week at Faith Driven Consumer, we reach out to American corporations, who have very, very uh, broad and rich diversity policies. And we ask them a simple question. Are you willing to embrace and celebrate faith-driven consumers, Christian consumers, in your rainbow of diversity that's all over your website and all over your corporate culture? And there's a pause and there's a great uh, internal struggle and many of them are unwilling to do so. It's a cultural phenomenon, and if you were to say that uh, Christians or our culture is is uh, discriminating against the gay community, I would say the real issue today is uh, just the opposite. There is a great uh, tension in our culture and our nation about uh, biblically orthodox Christians.
2: Yeah, I mean, in a sense, I suppose using the argument that the uh, the pro-gay movement uses that Christians are anti-gay, you could say that that movement is anti-anti-religious. But there's a difference. The Christian movement is not trying to force gay people to not conduct their life within the you know within the rule of law, whereas the uh, the gay movement is trying to force Christians out of the out of the public square. They're trying to use the government to do it.
6: Uh, that's a very accurate portrayal. As a matter of fact, forcing someone to believe what I do as a Christian is by its very nature anti Christian. It's about free will and free acceptance. So while I may share that with you, I do not force you to believe. Uh so the whole premise of their argument is, is really without base, without foundation. Uh, and it's going to play itself out. And I agree. Governor Pence has to decide whether he is going to stand for true and universal equality, where all ideas, Christian ideas and others, are allowed to exist in the great American discourse, whether our nation is going to defend the rights of all people, to various points of view or whether only certain groups are going to be allowed to prevail.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I agree with that. I think this is a bigger fight. It's really a fight. Not only it's a fight for freedom, really, when, it, when you get down to it. Uh, what do you think is going to come of this, Chris? And what can your organization, Faith Driven Consumer, do to help?
6: Well, uh, first of all, we can stand behind Governor Pence and others to protect religious freedom. We can support businesses that openly, uh, accept and, uh, embrace faith-driven consumers. Um, you know, curiously, the one area of our economy, of our marketplace, which is currently, uh, welcoming Christians, uh, and this may surprise some people is Hollywood. We work in Hollywood quite a bit. Uh, here in the Easter season, we're, uh, we're seeing a lot of content designed and made for Christians. Uh, NBC is going to air AD as an example next week. Uh, a great, uh, example of an openly Christian content on uh, a legacy network. So we can support things like that.
2: Okay, excellent. Crystal, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much.
6: Chris Walt, Since taking Andro 400, I have dropped 45 pounds. I'm sleeping better. My knee pain went away. I've had some lower back issues, and I've noticed that that went away. The radio ad, does it attack belly fat? Well, let me tell you, it did. I've lost
5: six inches. So, guys, if you'd like to get similar results, try Andro 400, the safe, inexpensive way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 866-546-1955, 866-546-1955.
7: The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you had enough coverage for your fine art. <laughs> you broke my Gwen lioness sculpture. When you aren't even covered for your not-so-fine art. <laughs> you broke my Mr. Banana lamp. Or how you're probably covered for hitting this car. But maybe not covered for hitting this car. Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers. bum, 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 bum. bum.
10: Would you wait several days for your shower to get hot? Would you wait several days to feel the full effect of relief from your nasal congestion? Flow Allergy Relief Nasal Spray could take that long. Uh, but if you're congested now and you want powerful relief now, use Afrin No-Drip. Afrin starts working in seconds uh, and keeps working for 12 hours. So why wait several days to feel the full effect
8: uh, uh, you
10: can start to get relief in seconds with Afrin? Uh, Afrin. Powerful congestion relief without the wait. Use as directed.
8: With a Sam's Club membership, you get incredible savings every time you shop. Don't miss out on big savings for a memorable Easter feast. Pick up a flavorful boneless carving ham for just $3.28 per pound or less. Plus, add a side of delicious green beans with oranges and herb butter for just $3.98 per pound. Top off with 35-count cluster-baked dinner rolls for just $4.98. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better in the club.
1: Author, journalist, and American patriot, this is Chuck Morse Speaks.
2: Thanks so much, and uh, of course you're listening to the USA Radio Network, so I want to thank my guests. Today, Michael Shermer, the author of The Moral Art, available in all major bookstores and Chris Stone, faith-based consumers. They're doing a, a yeoman's job in terms of documenting anti-Christian bigotry and hatred and advocating for the faith-based community. Uh, there's this new host that's replaced John Stewart, Trevor Noah. He's a native of of, of South Africa. Who uh, I don't know if he's, uh, he classically represents a left view, but he certainly has gotten himself in a lot of trouble on my side of the street. He starts out by coming in and putting his hands in the air. He happens to be half black. He puts his hands in the air and says, oh, America is worse than apartheid South Africa when it comes to race relations. That's that's besides being ridiculous, it's inflammatory. And, of course, the, 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 the dumbbells in the audience, they laughed and applauded, right? Now it comes out that he has all these tweets that are anti-Semitic. This has been documented on PJ Media today by one of their writers, David Steinberg. He did a uh, photo of uh, Trevor Noah's tweets where he makes reference. He says, South Africans know how to recycle like Israelis know how to be peaceful. Yeah. Israel's responsible for... they're, They're warlike and they're violent, right? Behind every successful rap billionaire is a double as rich Jewish... Is a double as rich Jewish man? Let's see. Xbox and PlayStation players are like Jews and Muslims. They are so similar, but they hate each other so much. Messi gets the ball, and the real players try to foul them, but Messi doesn't go down easy. Just like Jewish chicks? That's really nice, right? Almost bumped a Jewish kid crossing the road. He didn't look before crossing, but I still would have felt so bad in my German car. I know he was Jewish, because his parents across the road looked Jewish. Oh, and they were outside a shul? This is just nasty. And lower Jew tolerance? Blue-eyed people have a higher alcohol tolerance. New Daily Show host thinks Undermensch isn't a racial slur. Says it just means a lower-class person. I don't know. I mean, to me, this sounds like... uh, Here he is. is a picture of JTA found this from Noah's Facebook page, which appears to show Noah as having been present at an anti-Israel rally in front of the White House. I just don't see Comedy Central standing behind a host they have nothing invested in besides eight hours of PR after they review that Jewish chick's tweet, among the others. And, of course, other examples are sure to appear in the next few hours. What do you think? Does Noah survive the day in his new job? Um, well, I mean, it certainly is embarrassing, I would hope, for uh, Comedy Central to bring a Jew-hating, America-hating guy on there. And I would hope that it's embarrassing to uh, to uh, Jon Stewart having somebody like this replacing him. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play out. What say you, caller? You're welcome to join me in the final segment here. Uh, 919-896-8198 the number. 919-896-8198. Come on down. Anyway, there are obviously other and bigger issues to discuss today, but um, I just think that it's interesting to note that, um, I don't know, liberals, they, they, there's almost like a pack mentality there. They'll all go along and goose step and giggle and wave and make those funny snorting noises that noises they like to make. <gasps> and, uh, not dig too deep, uh, with regard to this guy, but I think that taking on Jews might, might, might make them at least pause for a few seconds. Alright, we'll be back.
11: truth talk defender Chuck Morse is someone you really do want to know Chuck hosts the radio talk show, Chuck Moore Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Moore Speaks, people listen.
2: We're taking possession of this tiny holy land so that... The you can serve God, not conquer the world.
11: To hear Chuck live, go to usaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the On Demand page at DeborahRay.us.
12: Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they are true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, proof of God in heaven is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via his universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, proof of God in heaven now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com.
1: Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen, whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need, and HomeAdvisor is Absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Chuck Morse speaks.
2: Thanks so much, and of course, you're welcome to join the program. 919. Eight nine six eight one nine eight nine one nine eight nine six eight one nine eight, and uh, I'm thinking about this issue in uh, in Indiana. The more I think about it, the more angry I'm getting. It's a uh, it's ignorant in that uh, this charge that uh, you know you know there's something wrong when you see something that is obviously false and yet it's being promoted by the usual suspects, people the sort of the establishment types. And the, the, the lie is that somehow this uh, bill, which again is a reflection of a bill that was signed into law in 1993 by President William Jefferson Clinton after it was passed by a, by a Democratic Congress, and one that exists in over 20 states, that somehow this law is discriminatory against gay people. It's not. It's just a lie. It's an ignorant, false lie that's based upon... It's motivated by anti-religious bigotry and hatred. It doesn't tell any gay person that they are being singled out for discrimination. It just doesn't do it. The usual examples are that the... um, the person who is either gay or who is posing as gay or whatever is making a demand of a private business. Not it, And again, we're not talking about their right. They have the right to go in and do business there. They have a right to do everything that a non-gay person would do in terms of purchasing a product or a service that the business offers. Uh you know, if I offer to sell something, I'm not going to tell a gay person that they can't buy it. If I did, then I would be discriminating. But that's not what this is about. In the case of the bakery, again, the gay person can go into the bakery and buy a cake. This is not what this is about. No one is discriminating. What this is about is the gay person is telling the baker that they have to create the cake Based on the way they want it created. In other words, it's no different than going into an art gallery and telling an artist that they have to paint a portrait the way they want to paint it painted. That's what's going on here, and they're going to use the power of the state to make the baker do it. are going to
12: be fine. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they are true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com.
1: Chuck
2: Morse Speaks. Thanks so much. You're welcome to join me in the final segment. The number would be 919-896-8198. 919-896-8198. Come on down. The, um, again, the issue to me is um, the freedom of businesses. I don't really even think that it should be, these laws should be crafted in a religious context. I think they should be simply crafted in a freedom context. I mean, that way a gay business, I suppose, shouldn't have to bake a cake in the shape of, uh, Jerry Falwell's face. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, should a, uh, a Palestinian Arab baker be forced to make a cake in the shape of a, uh, um, of a star of David with a little figurine of, of Ben Gurion whistling Hatikva you know, every time you cut kind a of slice. I mean, you know, who, where does it stop? We ought to err on the side of freedom. We ought to give individuals and companies the maximum leeway to do whatever it is that they do. You know, we have in place laws against discrimination with regard to uh, a business that opens its door to the public that's not a religious institution or a a club, but like a store, a bank, a restaurant, a hotel, that they cannot say, you can't come in because we don't like black people, or we don't like Jews, or we don't like Hispanics. But at the same time, we... uh, we have to allow the business to offer the services and the products that they offer to the public equally. You know, but those services, the actual function, the actual service, what they offer, that's up to them. You know, I mean, look, what if you have like a a, a, a gay business, let's say, that has anti-Christian figurines that they're selling – you know, under the guise that they think it's funny. I don't know. I've seen some of this sort of stuff at places like Newbury Comics, I guess. They have a right to do it. They have a right to do it. And as I mentioned, if someone doesn't like it, if a gay couple doesn't like the fact that a baker refuses to bake them a gay wedding cake, then they have the option of either, preferably if they want to be polite about it, they could go to another baker, and there are plenty of them that would, or they could boycott, you know, do like the Jew haters are doing to colleges that that are are supportive of Israel's right to exist, you know, tell them to divest their funds, boycott them. Do I like the fact that these Jew-hating, anti-Semitic colleges are doing that? No. And if I find out that businesses are boycotting Israel, I'm not going to do business with them. I'm not going to go in there, and I'm going to urge others not to go, too. And I'll mention them by name. I'll do it over my radio show. But I respect their right to do it. In a free society, we have to give leeway to unpopular opinion. Now, by the way, speaking of the Israel issue, there's a great bill before Congress right now, sponsored by both a Republican and a Democrat, that would cut federal funds or grants from businesses and colleges that are boycotting Israel. That's something I do support, because no one is entitled to federal money. And if our federal government's policy is to recognize the state of Israel and a a company that receives our taxpayer dollar is boycotting Israel, then I think we should absolutely cut funding to that organization. But, again, they have a right to do it. I support that right. It's like Voltaire famously said, I may vigorously disagree with you, but I support your right to your opinion. I'm paraphrasing. So, What we have then with this attack on the religious freedom bill in Indiana is an attack on freedom itself. This is an attack on the right of an individual or a group of individuals who come together to offer a service or a product. This is an attack on their right to do it in the way that they want to do it. This is an attack on their creativity. This is an attack on their imagination. And it's uh, it is an attack, of course, more directly on religious faith. It is not against gay men and women to advocate or to state that you believe that homosexual behavior is wrong. It's a telling someone that can't do it
15: to we'll do Now kid, I know you look at me and think, man, that guy knows everything. And you're right, I do. But occasionally even I get stumped. I know, hard to believe. But when I need help, I get it from Granger. Granger can solve just about anything, from finding the right products to advice on installation to troubleshooting. Granger gets me what I need right when I need it. When a guru needs a guru, who does a guru call? Guru calls Granger. Get it? Got it? Good. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.
8: With a Sam's Club membership, you get incredible savings every time you shop. Don't miss out on big savings for a memorable Easter feast. Pick up a flavorful, boneless carving ham for just $3.28 per pound or less. Plus, add a side of delicious green beans with oranges and herb butter for just $3.98 per pound. Top off with 35-count cluster-baked dinner rolls for just $4.98. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better in the club. See club for details.
1: Taking Back America, one listener at a time. Chuck Chuck Morse speaks.
2: Thanks so much, and I want to thank you for listening. I will mention that tomorrow I'll be joined by Phyllis Chesler, who is a well-known author and uh, someone who discusses and has written extensively about anti-Semitism, and also is a feminist who has been appalled by the anti-Semitism and anti-Israelism of many of those in the feminist movement and has written extensively about that. Uh, I will be off on Friday as I prepare for the Passover holiday, uh, which, of course, is Friday night, and I'll be leaving town Thursday after this program to go to visit my, my wife's family. My wife is the highest authority in all of America <laughs> in my life. Anyway, check out my books. My books are available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, like Morse code, M O R S E, and you will see 15 books come up. Three of them are soft covers. All all three published. 15 of them are all. Oh, they're all um, e-books. The rest of them are published by by um, Amazon. These are full-length books. There are a broad range of topics. One of the books I actually did write about Darwinism, um, which is why I was tapping into that in my interview with Michael Shermer. And Darwin was a social Darwinist, by the way. Social Darwinism is the practice of Darwinism. It's the science of Darwinism. It's taking the idea of Darwinism and bringing it to its logical practice, which is to weed out the weaker members of the species, so that, or to isolate them so that you can have an evolution into a superior species. And people who are pro Darwin, they'll kick and scream about that, but when you get down to it, that's what the theory is. There's no way around it. It is a theory of breeding. Anyway, I have a book up about it, so check it out. Go to my book page uh, on Amazon or Amazon Kindle. I believe I called it the, the, the The Apostles of Evolution. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty intensive book. I spent a lot of time on that one. Anyway, I shall return, God willing, tomorrow 10 a.m. right here at the USA Radio Network. Thanks for listening, everybody.
14: How many more times is he going to need to come home drunk or high before you realize that, unless he gets professional help, things are never going to get better? How many more times is she going to steal from you to pay for her habit before you finally admit that you need an expert to help you get the treatment she needs to get her life back on track again? At the American Drug Treatment Centers, we specialize in helping you and your loved ones conquer the demons of addiction. Whether it's drugs or alcohol, our network of centers are ready to help you get the loving treatment your husband, wife, or child needs to get his or her life back. If you've been asking for a sign or a direction on what to do, Then consider this ad an act of fate. Call 800-461-3594 today for the real help you need to make real change. Again, 800-461-3594. That's 800-461-3594. 800-461-3594.